I'm Tasha Pierce, and this is a Sinister Silhouettes special report. And if you can't tell by the title of this report, it is about the sudden rash once again, and it comes in these in these waves of of uh, black men and now and and women as well uh, being killed at the hands of law enforcement or vigilante type uh, mobs, because that's what they are. And I found something online that I want to share before I go into uh, the diatribe that I have planned for you you guys today. And it says, Black people are so tired. We can't go jogging. Hashtag Ahmaud Arbery. We can't relax in the comfort of our own homes. Hashtag Botham John and a Tatiana Jefferson. We can't ask for help after being in a car crash. That's uh, Jonathan Farrell and Renisha McBride. We can't have a cell phone. That's Stefan Clark. We can't leave a party to get to safety. That's Jordan Edwards. We can't play loud music. That's Jordan Davis. We can't sell CDs. That's Alton Sterling. We can't sleep. That's Ayanna Jones. We can't walk from the corner store. That's Mike Brown. We can't play cops and robbers. That's Tamir Rice. We can't go to church. That's the Charleston Nine. We can't walk home with Skittles. That's Trayvon Martin. We can't hold a hairbrush while leaving our own bachelor party. That's Sean Bell. We can't party on New Year's. That's Oscar Grant. We can't get a normal traffic ticket. That's Sandra Bland. We can't shop at Walmart. That's John Crawford. We can't have a disabled vehicle. That's Terrence Crutcher. We can't read a book in our own car. That's Keith Scott. We can't be a 10-year-old walking with our grandfather. That's Clifford Glover. We can't decorate for a party. That's Claude Reese. We can't ask a cop a question. That's Randy Evans. We can't cash our check in peace. That's Yvonne Smallwood. We can't take out our wallet. That's Amadou Diallo. We can't run. That's Walter Scott. We can't breathe. That's Eric Garner. We can't live. That's Freddie Gray. We're tired. Tired of making hashtags. Tired of trying to convince you that our Black lives matter too. Tired of dying. We're tired. Tired, tired. Now those were not my words, those were words and I don't know the author is unknown but I would like to, if I could, I'd credit them. And so what can we do while black? Can't eat ice cream in our home, we can't play video games in our homes, drive, exercise, shop, buy Skittles, listen to music, go to work. What the fuck is safe to do while black? I've got a son, several nephews. I got one little baby nephew I haven't even met yet. I've got brothers, I got a brother-in-law, I've got cousins, friends, and I truly worry about their safety. Why? Simply be, simply put, simply put, because of white fear. 
trust me, I'm scared shitless of white folks. Y'all say the word and we are done. I almost feel like I can communicate with damn near anyone else, any other ethnicity, except white folks. Because if I speak so that I can be heard, I'm angry. If I say I matter, you remind me that everybody matters. If I don't straighten my hair, I'm too ethnic. So what do you want us to do? Die? And this is why I cover all kinds of crimes on my podcast. If you point a finger at me, there are three more pointing at you. Criminals come in all colors, not just shades of black. And even if any one of these victims was a criminal, as long as Ed Kemper, Gary Ridgway, Dennis Rader, and the rest of the serial killer lineup are still alive, our black men deserve their day in court. But instead, we are burying our innocence. Botham John, a Tatiana uh, Jefferson, now Ahmad Arbery. Ahmad was running in the wrong neighborhood. He was taking taking a run in the wrong neighborhood, and he was targeted as a burglar. It's a suspect of several burglaries, even though the description of the burglar was a light-complexioned man with dreadlocks, and Ahmad Arbery was none of those things. Dark complexion. He had a low haircut. Never had dreads. So, even when you don't fit the description, you fit the description. And who the fuck is making these people Batman all of a sudden? Who is telling these people, hey, it is your civic duty to not call the law enforcement, not call police, even though one of the suspects in the Ahmad Arbery killing is uh, former law enforcement, but he wasn't a good officer. He had a troubled background, and I'll allow you to look that up for yourself, but his background in law enforcement was was very troubled. So uh, when did he or they become the authority, Batman and Robin, out saving lives? No, you're taking lives. And then we find out more information in the Ahmad Arbery case that, yes, he did go to that, that house that was being uh, built. And so did a ton of other people. They've got video of several other people curiously looking around that building site. So what made him in the middle of the day so suspicious? And I'm going to tell you what it is. It's the color of his skin. It's fear of the big black man. And in some cases, women. And I will say this. In most cases, the women who are killed in these uh, incidents of vigilantism or rogue cops, and they're killed on accident. Not all the time now, but most, a lot. I want to talk a, a little bit about, um, because there's so much in the news right now, I'm going to talk a little about Breonna Taylor, who was 26 years old and an EMT. And one night in March, she and her boyfriend snuggled in bed, sleeping. It was probably 
visions of sugar plums dancing in their head when they hear and what sounds like an explosion at their door. Boyfriend has a gun. He hears this rush in and shots start. He shoots back. Turns out it was the police. They were conducting a raid. Unfortunately, they were conducting a raid and they had the address wrong. So now they've burst into this home. This is a no knock warrant that they had. So they don't have to knock on the door if they were at the right home. They bust through these people's door, began shooting. Brianna Taylor, age 26, EMT as a living, was killed in a hail of gunfire. She was shot at least eight times. In the meantime, one police officer got shot by uh, Kenneth Walker, who was her boyfriend, 27 years old. One police officer was shot by him and he was 20 minutes after he watched his girlfriend be killed, he was arrested. He was arrested for shooting a police officer, even though he was inside of a house with his girlfriend, it was her home, and he was protecting the home from what he thought were home invaders because nobody had on a uniform, because no announcement was made that this is the police. Brianna is dead. Kenneth Walker is in jail. And uh, fortunately for him, the community is standing behind him. And they've raised so far $127,000 for his legal fees. And I'm asking at this point, okay, legal fees are pretty much covered. We shouldn't even have legal fees, by the way. The trauma alone of this is going to affect this young man for the rest of his days. This is a young man who was about to start working at the U.S. Postal Service. He had recently held a job for Coca-Cola for two years. He wasn't a drug dealer. He wasn't a crook. He wasn't a criminal. He was a young man cuddled up with his girlfriend, sleep in the middle of the morning. The police, however, uh, there were no whisperings of any investigation into this until this situation blew up because the family took to social media and took to uh, the internet and took to uh, the local news to tell Brianna's story. This was, this was hush. So 20 minutes after this young man was traumatized. He was locked up, but we had to wait two months to lock up the uh, Ahmad Arbery suspects. And that's again, after a whole lot of noise has to get made by the public for that arrest to happen. It's just not, uh, it's just not, it doesn't make sense to me. Now, if you are from a different country Please note that uh, this is an ongoing situation, an ongoing problem in the US. People of color are not safe. 
we're not safe because anything that we do is considered a threat. And I know there are white allies and I'm gonna talk about uh, a, a group of heroes here in a minute. If you're really an ally, we need your voice because, because if you're honest with yourself, you know that this is getting out of hand. You've got private citizens trying to make citizen arrests and killing people. You have uh, the police who we're supposed to trust, who we're supposed to call on when something is going wrong. And we are afraid that if we call them, they're going to take us as the problem. And I'm not just, I'm not speaking for myself here. I'm speaking for a multitude of people, especially black mothers who have black sons or white mothers even. If you are a white woman and you are raising a mixed race child or if you're married to a, a, a black person and they have children and you see their, their children as yours, you have the same worries. You might not know it yet, <laughs> but you do have the same worries. Let's talk about uh, Damien Shepard. Damien Shepard, uh, this was in North Carolina. He has recently graduated from high school, played football for his high school. He was a decent student. He is every 17, 18 year old young man. At this point in their life, it's the what's next? I've gotten the first big achievement out the way. What's next? Well, one day, Damien hears loud knocking at the door of his home that he shares with uh, his mom, Monica, and she has a, her partner, her, her domestic partner, who lives there with them as well. And he was not present. Damien goes to the door and there is a, what I'm going to call a lynch mob waiting for him to open the door. And what they're saying is that they have a word that he has a young lady in the house with him who is quote unquote missing. So this missing girl who I guess they are looking for, they believe that she's in this home with Damien, except when they knock on the door, they don't ask for Damien. They ask for another name entirely. Damien tells them, hey, that's not me. I'm not who you're looking for. In fact, you can look out on the lawn and see my picture and my name on my graduation announcements because they had proud family has his graduation picture and it says, congratulations, Damien, right there. As you're walking up the house, up to the house, you see this sign in the yard. If you're looking, you see this sign in the yard that says, congratulations, Damien. The young man that opens the door is definitely the same young man that's in that sign, on that sign. This mob of people led by Jordan Keita, who is a former deputy New Hanover County Sheriff's, Sheriff's officer. He, uh, Jordan says, no, we're still coming in. We gonna see if we got the girl. So now mama, mama Monica, Monica Shepard hears the noise, comes to the door. Now you in protective mode 
because you know that you have a young black man and even though he's 17 years old he he just recently graduated from high school to them he's a grown man and they're coming with guns and i'm not kidding they had literally formed a lynch mob to come to this young man's house and then attempt to bully even the mother the mother says look you got the wrong house you know y'all get away from here you're not welcome here now jordan Keita sticks his foot in the door and says oh no we're coming in we're gonna come in and talk to you no because once they get in there to talk to you they can say anything happened and that would be their excuse for killing her son she held her ground but this is where the heroes come in and i like to talk about good things along with the fucked up shit uh, the shepherds were one of two black families that lived in this neighborhood. The neighbors of the shepherds heard the commotion, look out the window, see these men with guns standing, waiting, trying to get her to send her son to the wolves. And they got armed and they came out and they protected the family until law enforcement got there. Now, uh, they moved pretty quickly on this Jordan Keita, but Jordan Keita was not alone. He had a mob with him. Everyone who was part of this, this, I don't even know what to call it. It's like the fucking Avengers show up at your crib. It's, what can you do? Because anything you do as a black person is going to be what provokes them to use deadly force. Everybody knows what their rights are. I'm so glad that the, the neighbors stood in solidarity with the Shepherd family, but everybody knows what their rights are, but nobody understands what their obligation is. Your obligation is to treat your neighbor as your neighbor. Your obligation is if you see something going down and it is not a life or death situation in that moment, meaning if I don't do something right now, somebody is going to die. It's your obligation to, to inform law enforcement. If you thought this girl was in this house, which by the way, the young lady was not in the house, of course, not in the shepherd home but it, she was also not in the home of the boy they really were looking for. So they mistaked Damien for someone else. That someone else didn't have the girl. The girl was at a friend's house, safe and sound. And here they are. This, it reminds me of the 1950s, where if you, as a black man, looked at a white woman, looked at her, you was in trouble. You see what happened with Emmett Till. This shit's been happening for decades and we're fine. We're tired of it. We're tired of it. Brianna, uh, Brianna Taylor unnecessarily lost her life because uh, the police made a mistake. And now her boyfriend is sitting in jail because they made a mistake. This is it's, it's, honestly, you can't win. They got him locked up like he is a criminal. And in fact, he is a hero. If those would have been actual burglars robbing them, coming in to do them harm, 
he was well within his rights. And because the police did not announce themselves, you are and you're not in uniform. You are nobody at that point. You just broke into my girlfriend's home. So I don't know. I'm, it, the shit's got me really. It's got me day drinking <laughs> because I don't understand uh, when is enough enough. When is enough enough? So if you really want to be helpful, you know, use your voices. Use your voices. It, it happens so much. We lose track of the victims. And then what do I tell my son? My son is an adult now, so I've taught him everything I can teach him. And it's now I hope that he can go out into the world and enact what I have instilled. Enact what I've instilled. But what, what about my nephew who's just one year old? What about him? What actions need to be taken to prevent these types of criminal acts, even if it is on uh, enacted by, the, by law enforcement? What do we do to keep these types of criminal acts from continuously occurring? And then uh, let's talk about uh, Sean Reed. And I'm going to gloss over his story because I don't, I have not gotten up to speed completely where I need to be on the Sean Reed case. I do know that in Indianapolis, Sean Reed was said to have been driving erratically and having a gun. So the police go on this chase. They said that he led them on a high speed chase and I wouldn't be surprised if he did. He's scared for his fucking life. So lead him on a chase. Finally, he stops for whatever reason and gets out of the car and they light him up. They shoot him. He's dead. So Sean is dead for leading them on a, a high speed chase. But they, the police officers in this case said, oh, he had a gun. He was shooting at us when it was found that there was no weapon in this young man's car. None. No weapon at all. What he did have, however, was his cell phone. And what he was doing with his cell phone was going live. He went live with his cell phone. And the officers who shot him and had him laid out dead in the street did not know they were still alive. So now they're standing over his dead body laughing and talking about how, hey, homie, it's going to be a closed, fume, a closed casket. <sighs> closed casket. They laughing because they've switched cheese this young man up. And everything that they said about him was a lie. And this case is evidence in point that the cops will lie in reports and they will stand uh, together. There's that blue wall, you know, they, they're, they're not going to let you through it. And I'm not saying every law enforcement officer, but again, like I said before, all of you guys wear the same uniform. How am I supposed to know which one of you is uh, a pretty decent cop who's here to do his or her job? And how am I to know the difference between you and a piece of garbage who is not going to give you uh, the benefit of the doubt or a second glance before they view you as a threat. 
how am I supposed to know who is who? Now I'm gonna talk and I, I didn't look the name up in this one. This was an older black man and no, look, spoiler alert, he didn't get killed. <laughs> but here's, a, this is a, a black man probably in my age range, middle age-ish. He delivers furniture for a living and he was going to a gated community. Goes in the gated community, the person he's making the delivery to gives them his co their code. He comes in, he makes his delivery, and now he's leaving. Before this man could leave out of the gates, he gets blocked by a white homeowner in, in this area. And this guy with a gun won't allow him to leave. Keeps asking him what he's doing in this neighborhood because black people can't be in gated communities, I suppose. You know, tell that to Will Smith and <laughs> Beyonce. And, you know, those are different kinds of niggas, though. And I said it, yes, the N-word, I can do that. <laughs> those are different kinds of niggas. This is a regular nigga who has a nine to five job. So what are you doing in our neighborhood? And this black man, was in complete and total fear because any move he knew, any move he made, he'd be wrong and they could shoot him and there would be no one to tell the story but them. They would say that he was a threat. He kept his windows up. He talked to them through the window. The, uh, another neighbor pulls up and say, hey, you know, all of this can end if you just tell us what you're doing here. I don't owe you no fucking explanations for being. Understand that. I can be where the fuck I want to be. If I'm not breaking into your home or if I'm on a public fucking street, I can be where I want to be. I don't owe you an explanation to be where I am. As long as I'm not fucking with you, why are you concerned? So the man continued to uh, ignore their questions and just sit there. He didn't move. He couldn't take his hands off the steering wheel because they would think that he was going for a gun or something, he couldn't let the window down because then you're moving again. They would think you're going for a gun. They would shoot you. This is a grown-ass man who got to sit here and think of all the different ways that he can be a threat while he in the car and y'all out there with guns. An unarmed black man afraid for his fucking life. But all this man wanted to do was get home to his family. And he said that in the interview later, because the way this ended was the neighbor who he had made the delivery to got wind of what was going on and said, hey, you guys, he was just here delivering to me. He's he's not a threat. And he left. And the thing, he couldn't even, he wouldn't even leave too far. He got outside of the gated community and he waited for police to come because he didn't want to look like he was fleeing the scene of this incident. Because then you have to worry about the police killing you. Do you have to think about that much shit? I mean, honestly, be totally honest with yourself as a white person, if, you're, if you are a Caucasian person. Do you have to think that many steps ahead if you wanna go to the grocery store or to, <laughs> to uh, the beach or if you want to go to the gas station if you do you have to think about i venture to say that you don't and i'm not saying that to stir up shit i'm saying it's because it's the truth 
I think about this type of shit. I think about where I park. I don't want to park in a place where somebody thinks that I'm trying to make a quick getaway. I don't want to be too far away because I don't want to get into it with nobody. I don't want to bump nobody's motherfucking car with my my buggy. I don't. I don't even like going out. I literally sit on pins and needles when my son leaves. It's like it's crazy. You got to look at your kids like it's the last time you'll fucking see them. Is that a way to live? In 2020? In 2020? And then, excuse me for getting political for a second, but it's because we have uh, very blurred lines about what is, I, I can't say right and wrong, because everybody, every adult, without in a mental deficiency, knows right from wrong. So you know that you're treating people in a way that is inappropriate. But if that thing is not scratching enough politicians' ass to make them say, you know what, we need to do something about this. This is getting ridiculous. You got Batman, motherfucking Robin, you got Thor over here, all these people jumping on these people for no apparent reason. And the minute we do something back, the minute we start going and, and grabbing arms and all of this stuff and doing the exact same things that's been done to us for decades, as soon as we do that, we are a threat. I can look out my window right now. now this is a very pretty diverse neighborhood that I live in, but I can look out my window right now. And if I see a white man jogging, I don't automatically think, oh, he's a fucking meth head. Why would I do that? I don't know that man from Adam. But when they see our sons, our sons, they see a threat. He's a burglar. He's a killer. He's a drug dealer. He's a rapist. Oh, they just want our women. What the fuck is there to be afraid of? That's just another person. Yes, he looks different. But you know what? Cut me and I bleed red. I'm not the smartest person in the world. Got about a 110 IQ. <laughs> That's normal. That's a normal IQ. <laughs> I'm not the smartest person in the world. How is it that I'm figuring out that you are not a threat, but every time you see my son or my nephews or my cousins, they're threatening. Okay, so enough is almost enough. I'm tired of singing this song, but I felt like I would be remiss if I did not add my voice to tell you how, how fucking fucked up it is to be uh, a black man, especially, but just black, <laughs> because even as a black woman, we have children, we raise black men. I don't know how many people I can tell you. There are a few people who I uh, that are in my orbit, put it like that. I might not be friends or I'm friendly with a lot of people who have lost children through the streets, uh, through illnesses, through murders. I've, I've seen a lot of people, and I'm talking black, white, Mexican. I'm not just talking about black folks. I've seen a lot of people. And you know what? It hurts the same. It hurts the same. There's no difference between your morning and ours. 
do you want to honestly do you do you advocate for people who uh who take the lives of a mother's child and that mother outlives that child with that fucking it feels like somebody is turning a knife is what i'm understanding every day wondering what could have been now uh, and because of this you know i do these these live streams and this one i kind of shut down i just want to make it podcast form but i've also started uh doing a little writing for medium and then i also have my Sinister Silhouettes blog, that is at tcbytb.com. I welcome anyone with uh, any ideas or anything like that as far as how, as for how we get over this. How do we uh, approach a solution to this issue? And I think a lot of it would be that just stop, just Teach your, teach your children just like we have to teach our kids as black women. We have to teach our children to uh, how to tiptoe around white folks. It would do us a big service if you would teach your children that we are not a threat. Now, a lot of you are doing that. A lot of you have done a great, excellent job of, uh, of raising self-aware young men and women. And I guess that is a huge step in the right direction. But again, I'm on Medium at Sinister Silhouettes, of course. <laughs> and then the blog is tcbytb.com. I'm also on Patreon at Sin Sinister Silhouettes, and I've got these wonderful postcards. And all the way up until uh, June 13th, if you sign up to be a patron, I will write you a handwritten note on this beautiful postcard here. And uh, we will start getting things on uh, on Patreon for your for your consumption. I know you, you there has to be something in it for you. And on Patreon, I only have two tiers. That's three dollars and five dollars. It's the price of a cup of coffee. You can help the show, and also be part of uh, some members only live streams and also some fire bonus content. Next week on uh, Sinister Silhouettes. It's going to be the season finality. Season finality. <laughs> it's going to be the season finale for season two. And uh, I won't tell you what it's about. It's just a season finale. We're going to open up season three on June, I believe it was June 14th or 15th. The Tuesday, I think it's, it might even be my sister's birthday, June 16th. In, in about a month. So we're going to do our last episode for this season. And then in about a month from that, we will be starting season three. I, I need that time, uh, that month to write new episodes. However, I, I, I absolutely will still be trying to get uh, Friday night live videos going out on the live stream. Also, I need to tell you about Get Vocal. So Get Vocal is G-E-T-V-O-K-L dot com. That's where if I do the live stream and you want to grab a spot so you can talk to me or if you want to leave me messages and that, you can do it all on Get Vocal. I hope that a lot of you guys use that uh, medium in order to follow the show. And also, 
right now I'm sitting at 484. I don't know if you can see it back there. If you're watching the video at a later date, 44 reviews right now. And thank you, Lydia in Hawaii for making my day today. That was a very nice review. Mahalo to you as well, girl. Thank you. Thank you. I need more. I need more reviews. We're sitting at 44 ratings and reviews. I think we've got like 19 reviews and 44 ratings. Baby, I need to be far ahead of that. I could care less about anything else. Y'all get me some reviews, okay? <laughs> and is there anything else that I wanted to add? Um, you know, wherever you are in the world, because trust me, there's been even, even word that uh, some of our British compatriots over there. There's some neo-Nazis over there who are literally uh, giving a standing ovation to these men who executed Ahmad Arbery. So, you know, again, it's, it's not just here. This is a problem in a lot of places. I don't think the, because, uh, because our gun laws are so lax here, that is why a lot of these shootings are happening. That's it. And I don't, I don't want to take anybody's right away, but honestly, where there are rights, there are also obligations. And we are obligated to treat one another well. We're obligated to do that. If you want to talk about your rights, we are obligated to treat one another well, and we are not doing a good job of it right now. Now, last but not least, um, on the website, I'm going to, and I say, let's see, today is the 18th, by the 26th, and I will repeat this again on next week's episode, there will be a, uh, a form on the website that I am inviting Black mothers to fill out, or if you are the mother of a Black son, I am inviting you to fill that form out. And the form is going to basically be the crux of a book that I'm writing. And the book that I'm writing is going to talk about our sons before their hashtags. What do we want the world to know about our young men before something negative happens? Because honestly, they're going to look to find bullshit. If something happens to one of our kids, they're going to try to dig to find some reason why it's okay that that happened to them. I would like to get your side of the story out first. If you're white, if you're a mother of white young men, tell me what you're going to do to make world the world better for all of us, where I don't have to run around saying Black Lives Matter because everybody is, is treated equally. But until my son can go out and do the exact same stupid shit that your son can do except for your son is going to live and my son is going to die until we have that that uh problem ironed out you know we need to know what your plan is as well and again i'm i, I plan on putting this in a book if you guys want to help me by uh submitting those stories look for that questionnaire up by may 26th okay tcbytb.com. I'm on tcbytb at Facebook and at Twitter and then tcbytb underscore sinister on Instagram. And I'm getting a little bit better at being on Instagram. Okay, I'm going to wrap things up here because we have talked for 40 minutes and I know that um, 
my, my episodes are usually not this long, but again, I'm black before I'm anything. I'm a mama after that. <laughs> so these stories have hit me really, really hard in my heart. And I really want to see uh, justice, justice for all these young people uh, who have lost their lives or who will be traumatized by the events that have occurred. This is a scarring event, even for the 17 year old to see a lynch mob at your house. That is a scarring, traumatic event. This young man, Kenneth Walker, who watched his girlfriend be gunned down and uh, killed and then immediately is taken to jail. That's gonna be traumatizing for him. The, the families of these victims, trauma, trauma. And then you wonder why people act the way they do. This is not just as, and, and uh, my friend Eric introduced me to a term and I can't let it go, it's generational trauma. That trauma is already in our DNA from the years of abuse that our parents or grandparents or great-grandparents suffered. Uh, and now here we are in 2020 and it ain't, it ain't as obvious, but it's still there. So uh, something to think about, something to think about. Uh, I've been trying to leave you guys with something to think about. And I guess my something to think about this week would be, what is an answer to this problem. What is a solution? That's something to think about. And if you want to send me uh, your thoughts, tcbytb at gmail.com is the email address, but you can catch up with me on any of the platforms that I mentioned earlier. And uh, on that note, stay the fuck out the shadows. <laughs> Peace.